You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Over 7 million different animals inhabit our planet. We find out why the hyena, the female hyena, is a superhero. What can they teach us? But it showed me a couple things. Is These creatures are not vicious, bloodthirsty carnivores. That, that, Many species are in crisis and need your help. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com. Creatures podcast, Angie. I could listen to that laugh all day long. I know it's amazing, <laughs> Chris. Did you ever get to hear that at the zoo in the morning, like when you were walking around? Yes, yes. On, yeah. a, on a luck, on a lucky morning, I would. Uh, the zoo is always filled with beautiful sounds early in the morning, and sometimes yeah. in the evening. Yeah, once, yeah. Once in a while, I would get to hear that, but uh, man, I, I guess I had forgotten. I had yeah. forgotten. Yeah, I I've forgotten what a good hyena laugh sounds like. Yeah, and if, if for people that don't work at zoos or, or you know you're planning on going to the zoo, try to get there as early as you can in the morning because that's when the animals are really active and noisy. You know, because oh yes, yeah. yes, yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> yeah. feeding times going on, and uh-huh. yeah, and and depending on the season too, it's usually when it's a little cooler out and yeah. the animals are moving around. A lot of them like to take siesta. I mean, who doesn't like to take a siesta yeah. in the middle of the afternoon? So, yeah, yeah. yeah, in the afternoon, they're not going to be as busy. And then sometimes in the evening, things can pick up too. But a lot of times, the zoo, depending on if the zoo has late hours or not, um, it might be closed. So. Right. right. They're noisy. Spotted hyenas today. So. I know. Oh, I, you know, Chris, I'm going to almost go out on a limb and say spotted hyenas part one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I think These you're right. These guys are fantastic. I can't yeah. believe we've waited this long to cover the species. Uh, it's, uh, it's hard. You and I sit here and debate every day. Okay, what are we covering next? We have like five, ten species planned, and it's so hard to get to them all. You know, but then once you start researching it, it just blows you away. I know. Well, and I think, gosh darn it, I think the the hyena is whether it's being portrayed in a movie or just in in fiction. Mm-hmm. It always is kind of the either the left out or maybe like the not his favorite animal, right? When you think of Africa and, and, the, and the big five, it's, it's sometimes not always right in, right in the front of your mind. And, and that's even, even for me, I mean, now it's mm. up there. Now it's going to mm-hmm. be one of my favorites after studying all the physiology and of, oh, the behavior. Oh my goodness. Please stay. Oh tuned. yeah. They are, they are incredible creatures. It's yeah. I mean, you just think of the movie, the lion King, they're the bad guys, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Trust me, especially for any of my lady listeners out there today. Yeah. If you stick with me through this whole podcast, you are going to find out why the hyena, the female hyena is a superhero. She and is. I don't throw, I don't throw that around lightly. <laughs> yeah. She is my new superhero for several different um, behaviors and uh, physiological 
attributes that she has. But so stay tuned. Right. It, might, mean, get, th- it might get a little PG 13, but yeah, well, a little bit, well, a little bit, but I mean, just compare it to naked more as we just covered and how you have this queen. It's good to be the queen, right? You know, kind of, it fat, is good to be the fat queen in the burrows mm-hmm. and just like, whatever, total opposite. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like the total opposite of, you know, having an easy life versus the female matriarch. Oh yeah. 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 She's so, got a, she's got a tough, a tough gig, but she is yeah. tough. That's, I mean, that's why I love her. Oh, like brutally tough. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, brutally tough. and yeah, so I, I'm just, I, we have to give this week a shout out to, uh, Corbin mm-hmm. Maxi, mm-hmm. cause he is probably the one that put this, um, put this species more at our forefront. Right. Uh, it, it it skipped it skipped probably a couple of weeks or months ahead yeah. because yeah, we requested it. So yeah, hopefully yeah. hopefully we'll do the hyena justice for all of our fans out there. And for those of you that aren't as familiar with a hyena, uh, I think you're going to learn a lot today. Oh yeah, for a sure, lot. absolutely, a lot. absolutely. And just a couple of reminders for us. You know, we always say this at the end, but just up front, uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, now Instagram. And then I know Chris is getting with all the millennials. He I got, know he got, he got us an Instagram account. <laughs> I love I don't Instagram. Even know, I don't even know how to work it. I'm like, what? What do you do? You, you need put to. A photo? You need to. You need to. But it's like I just sit there. It, it, you know, I used to always be on Facebook. No, it's Instagram now. It's it's an awesome. Now I see why it's such a popular platform. Like the pictures on there, you just start going all these animal groups, and it's just they're gorgeous, gorgeous. So get it. I get it. Trust me, it's well worth it. Um, and then if you visit us on Patreon, you know, we say this at the end too, but again, it's just, it's an incredible platform that's getting popular. It's helping artists, performers, and us scientists that are unemployed looking for work, um, you know, and what we do. So, <laughs> you know, it, check us out. Check us out. Angie, I'm going to open up today with a tribute and I'm going to keep it really, <laughs> I'm going to do my best not to, to have any, uh, tears shed and, 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 I know I have with the blue whales talking to the blue whales. I almost uh, came to tears, but this was just really important to me because researching this week hyenas, it brought up a memory of my late brother and my late brother, his name is Sean, Sean Mortensen. You can Google his name, S H A W N. And a lot of his uh, famous iconic images really from the nineties is when he was really big, uh, come up of a lot of rap artists and, and celebrities and stuff. So, he was a, uh, I always say semi-famous photographer, has taken some incredible images uh, in his lifetime, and he passed away in 2009, so we're coming up uh, in a year, uh, in a year will be a 10 years since he passed. But a couple years before he, he passed away, he, he always like he traveled the world like crazy, Mongolia, like of all places, Mongolia, he went, and he went to Ethiopia, it was just something that he had to do. So while he's there, he sends me this picture. He knows I love animals, and, and I was a professor. At, I was at Clemson at the time. And he sent me this picture of him feeding a hyena. And he's sitting on the ground. And I'm going to put this on the show notes. So he's sitting on the ground with a stick in his mouth with a piece of chicken. And literally the hyena is about 10 inches from his face, comes up, and eats the chicken. And I just about died. And I was like, Sean, what are you doing? And he... It's like, oh, you know me, Mr. No Fear and all this stuff. And he had no fear. I was just like, oh, my God. I thought the hyena was going to rip his face off. <laughs> yeah, <nuts>. that's that's <laughs> not just no fear. That's that's crazy. Insane. Yeah, Insane. That's, not, that's not what you want to do. <laughs> no. So I bring this up 
because there is a there is a point. It's not just a tribute to my brother, but there was a point to the story. So apparently these locals in Ethiopia do this every night. They go out and they feed these hyenas almost by hand, you know, meat at the end of a stick. So even in the IUCN, so if you go, the, the IUCN, again, wonderful organization. Yeah, that's the International Union of Conservation of Nature. Right. Like even last week, Angie highlighted the small mammal group. They are amazing. So even them and their description of hyenas talk about this. And what it is, is the locals believe that going out and feeding hyenas by hand leads these animals to taking away bad spirits. And they also believe that it feeding them will cure, cure any ailments they might have. So I, I don't recommend this to people just go out and start feeding hyenas by hand. I don't do that. But obviously these hyenas are habituated to this behavior with people and they can do this. But what it also so showed was your brother with the locals then when he yes was, yes, yes, okay. yes 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 I was gonna say I just double checking <laughs> I don't think he would have came back I and mean, he's just out in the exactly out in the savannah going, exactly you know throwing chicken at the wild animals um, but it showed me a couple things is these creatures are not vicious bloodthirsty carnivores that that they're just you know as they're depicted. In movies, and things right? Like yeah, that. they always get the they often get the bad guy rap, and yeah, I I think that uh, there's many examples of which we're going to go through. This is just one of the first ones today of why that is 100 percent not true. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're not. Yeah, they're yeah, they're, uh, they're tough, but they're yes, very, very, very tough. But they're not just going to come out and and attack you. And and just the the final thing is after he passed, my brother just did a big thing for Nike, and so they put up this big billboard. I'm going to put it on the show notes again of him feeding the hyena in uh, in Hollywood. So you go down, I think it was Hollywood Boulevard, and there's this huge billboard with my brother feeding a hyena at the end of a stick. <laughs> he, <laughs> so that was I'm, really cool. I yeah. think he would love that. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a, that, that that would be a good uh, good tribute to him. Yeah, yeah, he was an amazing man. Um, so you're also going to talk about, when we get to repro, the myth about them being hermaphrodites. Is that right? Sure, definitely. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Stick with us, and you're going to learn uh, a lot about their, uh, a lot about the reproduction, and why mm-hmm. sometimes people often think just by looking at uh, the female why yeah, why she might be a hermaphrodite or mm-hmm. that they are. So we're going to clear that up. There definitely not hermaphrodites, and you'll learn a lot about their anatomy and once again why they're why they are superheroes and uh, oh, they're amazing. And, and then, of course, uh, why some of the brilliant minds and researchers that are studying these guys uh, trying to figure out why the spotted hy- hyena is so anatomically different than most uh, large carnivores. And just talking about what the spotted hyena looks like, and, and we'll cover some of the other species of hyena, but these ones are just... They're just so unique looking. I just love them. I love them. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, first and foremost, what blew my mind diving into the research is that they are the second largest carnivore in Africa. Uh-huh. Of course, wow. there's a lion, the, you know, the king, you know, the king right. lion. But other than that, then the spotted hyena is next in size. And I don't know. I guess I assumed it would be leopard or cheetah maybe or something. But it is the spotted, the spot, you know, the full grown adult spotted hyena. And their the, their body stance is very unique in that the forelegs, like the front legs of the hyena, are significantly longer and more massively built than the hind legs. And it gives them this profile of like a sloping appearance or like yeah. they're wa- like almost like they're walking uphill. So mm-hmm. I think that that might too and maybe be some of the reason why people they always get like the bad guy rap in people's minds is they just they don't they don't look 
linear and what we're used right, to, right, what we're right. used to seeing. Uh, but the spotted hyena is going to be like sandy in color, so like a yellow, mm. brownish, gray coat with black or dark brown spots over most of their body, and mm. they. The fur is going to vary with age and, and as far as the spots, sometimes some have more spots, the older they get, it just depends. Uh, mm. but it's going to be very wooly and kind of shaggy-ish. And the, the spotted hyena is basically widely distributed in Africa, south of the Sahara. And the IUCN declares them as least concerned. Um, however, their population has been on a steady decline. Mm-hmm. And researchers estimate there's probably about 47,000, but these numbers, which, once again, are their best guess, which is... I know, it, and again, it's, it's, it's That like, seems a lot, but it's really it's really not considering not. this is the whole... Like, this is all of sub-Saharan, so a large like, majority of Africa. Yeah. It's like a whole continent. Yeah. Like right. a whole continent of Africa, there's right. 47,000. I mean, there's there's... I mean, how many students... At the universities, I mean, there's forty seven thousand oh, at least. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's undergrad. I mean, that, that's undergrad at yeah. UF. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and that's one of a how many hundreds of universities? So you're talking about the whole population of a species. Yeah. On a continent, so yeah, exactly. That's, that's and and small, well, and yeah. I think the biggest thing too is that their population is, has been decreasing, and um, their mm-hmm. generation intervals, which we'll get into in a little bit, is a little bit longer. Um, than other carnivores. So yeah, no, it's definitely to be concerned. And, and once again, too, because they kind of get this bad guy rap or, uh, sometimes conflict with, with the locals. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, there, uh, researchers are worried about their sustainability. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I would imagine. I mean, it's just all the species in Africa, you know, are, are, uh, having a tough time. Now the spotted hyena, they look like dogs, and you would think, you know, maybe there was some sort of canid, but they're actually not. They're more like cats. Chris, that totally blew my mind, too. I, mean, <laughs> I know. I was I, like, I, I'm not the evolution buff like you, but I had to uh, dive into it a little bit because I yeah. was just like, what? That's it. What? See, it's interesting. It's good it stuff. Is. You're like, it is. Yeah. It is good stuff. No, no. Yeah. You're, you're, I'm, you're, start, you're starting to. You're starting to change me a little bit, get me a little good, more. And I, I don't think I would be listening to like the history podcasts and the evolution podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I, you haven't changed me that much, but it, it definitely yeah. has percolated my, you know, my interest a little bit. And, and yeah, that, that I just would not have, if you would have done that in a quiz show for me, I would not have guessed that at all. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would have got it wrong. I, I, so they're, they belong to the suborder Filiformia. Mm-hmm. Now the big order is carnivore, carnivora. Sure. So mm-hmm. that's all the carnivores, right? But they're the suborder Filiformia. So these are the cat-like carnivores. So all your cats, mm-hmm. you know, leopards, lions, all that stuff. The hyenas, the mongoose, which mm. I was like, wow, okay. I didn't realize it belonged to that one. And then civets, which is one we never really think about too. Sure. Yeah, we'll have to do the civet. So, um, my husband oh, used God. To, yeah, my yeah. husband used to work with them. So pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, all these animals are so amazing. So, and then if you look at uh, the dogs or suborder Caniformia, so just for interest, dogs, bears, pinnipeds. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. So the seals and stuff. No, and that's actually a pinnipeds on our bucket list, Chris. I don't Yes. Yeah. I know we should talk shop at a different time, but yeah. <laughs> in, case, I know. in case I forget. I yes, I definitely. Know. Like I said, we would do this every day if we could. And then our favorites or my favorite one of my favorite uh suborders, 
the mustelids. I mean, come on. I know. The honey badger, yes. the black-footed ferret. Yes. The how- the black-footed ferret, tap, 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 prairie dog, roll over, and then it, you got to listen to that episode. Like, my God, that's the best story. Yes, yes. If you haven't been with us from the beginning, uh, you definitely check out – you have to check out the uh, honey badger and uh, black-footed ferret. There's some yeah. – <laughs> we've covered oh, some. Oh, mustelids are amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're amazing. And so the uh, – yeah, just crazy. Now – there are four species of hyena, right? So Yes, yes. There are there are four species of in mm-hmm. the hyena family. It's going to be the spotted hyena, which of course that's what we're focusing in on today. That's probably what people are most familiar with, right. and that's the one that's obviously found throughout most of Africa. There's a striped hyena, which is the smallest of all of the hyenas. And they're going to be gray, straw-colored with a black muzzle and black stripes on their heads. They, to me, look probably the most like a dog. Uh, because whenever they do we, it. Mm-hmm, whenever we do this, whenever we do podcasts like this, I always line up the pictures of the the species or subspecies next mm-hmm. to each other so I can really kind of understand the differences in their phenotypes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this this guy, he's cute. He's stocky. And they're, um, they're going to be dis- distributed pretty much like in North and East Africa, in the Middle East, uh, Central mm-hmm. Asia, Indian subcontinent. They basically were out-competed by the spotted in Africa, so they've been relegated to some of these other habitats. But that's crazy. They go all the way to India. Right. Like, wow. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, like, wow. Yeah, well, and, you know, and the other thing that's kind of crazy about them is that they are, they're near-threatened. There's less mm-hmm. than 10,000, and their population is steadily, steadily de- decreasing. Right, and right. researchers think they might have even expanded into Nepal just probably for to have more room to do their thing, right, to hunt right. and to uh, feed themselves. So, yeah, so that's a striped. And then there's uh, this guy I was not familiar with at all as well. Mm-hmm. It's the brown hyena. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, I think it's one of my favorites if you haven't seen it you got to google a picture or maybe chris can put it on the show notes of the it's brown crazy yeah oh it's so it's so charming it's got longer well it's brown hence mm-hmm. the name right <laughs> um yeah, but yeah. it's but it's really distinguished from the other species by its long shaggy coat it has pointed ears and a short tail and and it has both the striped and the brown have more of a mane around its neck so mm-hmm. it not like a lion, but uh, thicker kind of hair around its mm-hmm. neck, and this mm-hmm. is a, meat, a little bit uh, bigger than this, uh, bigger than the striped. It's going to be about forty kilograms, full grown. Mm-hmm. And then there's the aardwolf, and I'm going to let you fill me on the aardwolf. Uh, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's one that it's like. Just I didn't put this picture. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't put the picture up on it. I kind of. It, yeah, the, I mean, you look at the pictures of them, and I will. I will definitely try to. I will link them in the the show notes. The and these ones are from East Africa or Southwest Africa, and their populations are declining. But yeah, it's like a, I would say a, a hyena fox hybrid. If if that's kind of how I would describe it, it kind of like looks like a fox in the face, and then has that hyena body. It's just mm-hmm. really a, obscure uh, looking. So they're you know smaller one than the the spotted. Could be a species we'd cover in the future because. Again, some of these like the civets and and the aardwolf are just things that people aren't too familiar with. So, yeah, yeah. just yeah. So yeah, so the four, what it, it's the spotted are least concerned but declining. The aardwolf's mm-hmm. least concerned but declining. Striped near threatened, and then what's the brown wolf? So the brown is actually brown uh, it's wolf, also uh, br- yeah brown hyena. <laughs> 
<laughs> the brown hyena. It's also known, yeah. interestingly, not, well, you're, you're, it's, you're not half wrong or half right because yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's also known as the strand wolf. Okay. Hyena. Yeah, the okay. strand wolf because it yeah. does. It really does kind of look like a wolf. It's the rarest of all hyenas, and its population is probably between five thousand to eight thousand individuals with them. Hmm. And it's also found in Africa. And more in like Southern Africa and uh, Botswana, the Cape regions. And a, it's large, it's, its largest population is going to be actually in Botswana itself, an estimated mm-hmm. p- perhaps of, you know, 3,000 animals or so. Um, if I go to Africa, I think Botswana is like, I mean, I know I want to go to like Nagorogo Crater and go to the Serengeti Plain and some of the cool places you've been. But Botswana, I mean, I know Botswana government has been doing amazing stuff for wildlife, but that yeah, is just I, like... Yeah, I'd like to go to the Delta. Uh, that's kind of on my bucket uh, list um, area. But yeah, yeah, no, no, there's definitely some good wildlife there and um, a, a more stable government. Um, but yeah, there's so many places, Chris. We really... Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. We, 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 we need to meet there for a live a live podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah Kenya, yeah, I have yeah. to go to Kenya. I have to go to Lewa to see my gravy zebra in Kenya. Uh, so yeah, no, that's, that's my next for sure on my bucket list, but you can have lots of things. On, that's why it's a list, right? You don't, you, need, you can have a lot more than one. So with, uh, you know, that you think about the hyena and, and, you know, I, I imagine they have some incredible ecological niche. So, you know, can we tell the listeners why they should really care about about them. Oh, yes, yes. You need to care about the hyena, uh, whether you were initially attracted to them or not uh, when you look at the pictures, because being one of the larger predators in Africa and areas where ungulates like zebras and wildebeest are typically common, they are huge components of the ecosystem. They uh, utilize almost every part of their prey, except for, I guess, they'll leave behind horns and rumen. Which that kind of makes, makes sense. The room, yeah. the rumen yeah. is like uh, the stum- the stomach chamber of like a cow like species or of a hoofstock. Certain types of Cape hoofstock. buffalo, mm-hmm. or buffalo yeah. gazelle. So, yeah, they eliminate these carcasses and from the environment that can often be breeding grounds for parasites, diseases, and all mm-hmm. that if they're left to decay on their own. Uh, so that's a very if I mean if they're gone, there's just going to be a lot more. Disease, most likely. Well, and, and you think about, and then that, and then that would hurt other animals. Right, and then we talked about, you know, the condors and uh, you know nature's cleanup crew. So yeah, you have you yes. have buzzards, and yes, you have that in Africa. But these things eat the bone, right? So we'll get to nutrition, but right, yeah, you know. they that's that's their niches. They are bone crunchers. They're very strong jaws, and mm-hmm. we'll talk a lot more about that nutrition and exactly what they eat, but. Yeah, they, they really do. They, they do a lot of cleaning up and then, and then if they take down their own prey, once again, they'll, they'll eat 99% mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's from a scientific point of view, Chris, I think it's, for me, it's very fascinating that hyenas possess very unique immune systems that allow them to withstand diseases that often kill other animals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's once again, kind of from a scientific human point of view is if we can start to unravel how they do that and understand more about their immune systems, it could potentially benefit humans mm-hmm. to, you know, humans that either are immune, immunocompromised or just in general, if there's a breakout of disease. Mm-hmm. So from that point of view, it'd be sad to see them, be, you know, be extinct or whatever. And we can't learn about how they do this. Right. Yeah. And that was a similar thing. I know we touched on with the California condor. The other thing too, is that 
brown hyenas, that's the, uh, the one that's the most endangered that, and that lives in southern Africa. The pastoralist or farmers, I think it's a fancy word if you think of like a farmer, in southern Africa, they do feel that um, the hyenas or more specifically the brown hyenas can be a beneficial part of ecotourism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that brings money and jobs in the region. And so the people are, that live by, the locals, the, the farmers in the area are starting to really take a hold of that, which is awesome. So uh, I think that that's will hopefully work in their mm-hmm, in their mm-hmm. benefit too. No, they're just they're yeah, I mean again, you just you, you know, we start putting all these pieces together, Angie, you know, we've been talking about ocean health and we've been talking about land health and the ecology and the food webs and the ecological niches and it's just the health of the environment depends on so many pieces. We just 2 weeks ago we were talking about wolves, red wolves, the reintroduction of timber wolves in Yellowstone. So, yeah, it's, you know, I think we need to to fight and protect as many of these species as we can. Yeah, and mhm and you know, the other thing too is they, you know, as a, you know, as a large predator, um they they do they help regulate populations of, you know, certain types mm-hmm. of hoofstock species and yeah, there's a it, it mm-hmm. it's very complex and I think that they are a very integral part of the ecosystem, especially, especially with their, um, right. their carry on, carry on eating and, and cleaning up, you know, they clean up right. the, the stuff that nobody wants. You, every, yeah, we all need a friend <laughs> that will, yes, that you can <laughs> offload stuff on where you're like, Hey, that this, this weird little yeah. like mouse holding cheese knickknack that my <laughs> aunt gave me, yeah. would you want this? You know, we, we all need that friend that's like, I think sure, I did I'll that when I moved. That. I gave uh, you guys a bunch of crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. And it's probably, it's still. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm uh, not that friend. I'm the I'm the friend that will like be very. I'm the Midwestern girl that'll be like, sure, I'll take that, and then I drive it straight over to Salvation Army. Drop a lot off there. <laughs> All right, so hyena. No, but you left you left you left some yeah. wine. Well, you yeah, some something like I said, you can't so send me good. food here, or, or I'll get kicked out of the country. Uh, you know, again, another thing I think is important to care is when I look at the evolution, and and again, you know, really quickly. It's just, you know, these animals have taken millions and millions of years to get to where they are today. And just to wipe them out in the span mm-hmm. of even, say, a thousand years, you know, let's say over the next thousand sure. years, that is like a, a drop in the bucket of geological time frame. It would be horrific. Yes. You can't do that to the female spotted yeah. hyena. She has been evolving her very special reproductive anatomy and system for tens of thousands mm-hmm. of years, which is very yes, unique yeah. and, and very, very specialized. And bless her heart, like that, it would be very unfair to um, wipe them out for for her. To, yeah, to wipe her out for her to go to extinct because they, you know, in each one of these hyenas, they have evolved to find their mm-hmm. own niche. Um, like the striped hyena, okay, and there's, the spotteds are bigger and stronger. You know, we're gonna head yeah. east, yeah, you know, north and east. And so I just. I just think the animals are so resilient and of course this is over you know tens of thousands of years if mm-hmm. not longer uh yeah and for us to come in within 100 200 300 years it, it's not uh, we oh, we we can do better right, we owe them right. more than yeah that. and so they 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 trace hyenas back 18 million years and the first hyena species is is Protother- prototherium gallardia 
And this, yeah. Good yeah. job. Yeah. It looked like a civet or a genet. And I was like, I've heard of genets before, but I've mm-hmm. never seen one. So I, I Oh, they're yeah, cute. Yeah, they are cute. They, they kind of look, again, like, like almost to the fossa, which again is another species we need to So was it smaller? Yes. Christmas? Yeah. And they climb trees. Ah. So they had retractable claws, right? So these, these, okay. f- uh, filiformias, they have tr- retractable claws. Now the hyenas don't, but they used to, right? So the earliest mm-hmm. species. Right. Now these guys died out four million years ago. Ground dwelling hyenas started around 10 million years ago. Um, so the tree dwelling ones died out, but there were still some ground dwelling ones that, uh, were emerging and they think spotted hyenas emerged about six million years ago or late ancestors. Wow. So they've been around a long time. Now I did a long yeah, time. I did find the largest hyena ever. This is like my, my fun. <laughs> this is, you know, it's so fun each week. I'm like, Oh my God, this thing lived. So. Uh, in the interest of time, because I usually like to play 20 questions with Angie on this, this was called the giant short-faced hyena, Pacriocuda. Uh, died out about 400,000 uh-huh. years ago. So, you know, if I like to wow you like the rodent was enormous. This was... Oh, my God. That's so <laughs> yeah, big. I know. I'm still thinking about <laughs> it. This huge ton rodent. Not quite as big, Angie. They, these things were just a little bit bigger than spot hyenas. So they, they stood about 39 inches at the shoulder, 100 centimeters. Okay. So, you know, a little bit over three feet and only weighed about 250 pounds. So not as huge. So still, that's, but big. That's still a lot of strength. Oh, though, yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm. they, they would, they would, uh, they would, uh, scare me. Now, a couple things on life cycle. The, the size of the spot hyena, we didn't quite cover that yet. They can be almost uh, six feet long, which is big because mm-hmm. Angie's talking about the second yeah. largest carnivore in Africa. They weigh sure. up to 190 pounds or 86 kilograms. Now, Angie's new favorite, the the females are about 10% larger than males. Go oh, yeah. Female oh, they're, they're social behavior. I can't wait till we get to behavior. So that's why I want to get through this. It's Their social behavior is just incredible. Now, they can live... For up to 25 years in the wild. So that's pretty good for a carnivore. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, most carnivores, you know, well, you think about lions, like 10, 12 years is max. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a little bit less for the brown. The brown hyena is about 12 to 15 okay, years. Okay, so they're, yeah. Um, but, mm-hmm, but the striped, the, the striped hyena and, uh, under human care is similar, about 24 years. Yeah, that's pretty good for them. Now, really good yeah. eyesight, you know, that... Oh, of course. Yeah. Keen eyesight, uh, smelling, very good. Hearing. Yeah, very good hearing. So they they really uh, can pick up a lot. They have those big ears, you know, to to mm-hmm. do that. Now, like we said, these are carnivores. They're hunters and, and scavengers. Very yeah, carrion feeders. Yeah, very broad diet like that. So you can imagine with uh, the carrion, the antelope, young rhinos. Or I'm sorry, Angie, young rhinos. Uh, fish, fish. I was like, fish? So, yeah, yeah they try to catch fish. Yeah, seals. Yeah. Sometimes. Foxes, mm-hmm. birds, rodents, other things. Now, when they do hunt in groups, they can take down bigger prey. So, they, they may go after yes. that. And then, like Angie said, they eat it all. The bones. So, these yes. are bone crunching. They chew it up. They eat the teeth. <laughs> the teeth. Like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They have one of the strong. Yeah, they, I, know. I guess I never really thought about that. Yikes. But that, this bone, right? Yeah. Uh, they, but yeah, well, and there's some, there's some good, um, uh, is it marrow, right? Yeah. Bone. That's probably pretty yummy and, and chewy. Oh God. Like mm-hmm. I just, yeah, they, they eat it all. They eat it all. 
Well, Chris, I was reading too. This I don't know why I found this so fascinating. That of course they're a scavenger, um, but they, like you said, they they can take down prey, uh, especially if they're hunting in groups. But it's um, their kind of bizarre body structure actually enables them to lo- run long distances. And sometimes, depending on the type of prey, they can run it into exhaustion. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just really, just really great hunters too, and. And a lot of people would always just think of them as scavengers, but it's not exactly accurate. There was a study in the Kalahara that found 70% of the diet was composed of direct kills. Mm. So, mm. yeah, the clan can split up into hunting groups of two to five individuals, mm. and that's when they can take down larger my, my zebras. But I'm sure, probably a six, a six or an old yeah, zebra, I know, probably. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I know. But, but because of that, that, um, you know, there can be some conflict with, uh, as far as cattle and sheep and goat. So, you know, there's, there's a reason why they can sometimes have a, a bad rap and why people may not want them around. Or like you had said in Ethiopia, why, um, the certain locals believe to keep them, you know, keep them happy and it will help them out. Right. Um, so yeah, there's definitely, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that, that researchers and wildlife officials and non-government organizations, are trying to are trying to work on to help reduce some of this conflict. And right, I'll touch on that. Yeah, and they, you know, the the human conflict. I, I did look into that a little bit, and it's just very rare. I mean, there's more animals in Africa that would attack you than a hyena. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. The, the conflict is more the farmers are worried about mm. them hunt, hunting their prey right. rather than I'm sorry, them. Or hunt, yeah. hunt. Yeah, not hunting their prey. Hunting their Livestock. The farmers are more worried about them hunting their their livestock, mm-hmm. and so yeah, they're not really worried about them, you know, hurting them. It's it's the livestock that they yeah. worry about. And um, but interestingly enough, the um, the brown hyena, which also lives in Africa, studies have recently shown that they are pretty much fully scavengers, and mm-hmm. their diet consists of carcasses of other from other predators. And they'll, then they're the ones that'll even eat. Insects, eggs, fruit, fungus. So uh, re- a lot of groups and researchers are out there trying to really promote the species to the locals as like, okay, these guys for sure are not going to most likely touch your, um, are not going to touch your livestock. In fact, they actually may help because if one of your livestock falls, you know, dies in the middle mm-hmm. of the field, mm-hmm. the, brown, the brown hyena will actually come and clean it up and help remove disease and parasites. Right. Yeah. So, and some of the farmers are really starting to, to almost be like, oh, thank you, brown hyena. Like, yeah. that's, yeah. you know, there's, yeah. they're, it's not, it, it's not quite that friendly yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it, it's getting to be, they're starting to, but, the, but once again, that's the brown and the brown's, you know, it's smaller. The spotted still, it can definitely be known to take down a goat or a cow here and mm-hmm. there. So trying to work with uh, the locals on how, how to reduce that conflict, right? How, right, how they can right. live in harmony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and actually I read too, in Kenya and Tanzania, the, the Maasai leave their dead to be eaten by hyenas. So <laughs> that's like way to re- people. Yes. They're dead. What? <laughs> it's their tradition. <laughs> it's not a- Yes, that. I read that. I was like, all right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So they, they oh, are nature's send- clean of crew. Yeah, you'll have to send me that article. That's Okay. I yeah. and I that's actually just very fascinating to me. I um Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that. Is, I was uh, like, okay, okay. That's one way to get rid of uh, I mean, a carcass or, or a carcass of sure. a body. <laughs> yeah. Mm, Not gonna give anybody any ideas, but you know, yeah. anyways. 
Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I just yeah. love learning about different, yeah. not only, not only about different animal cultures, but our animal behavior, but yeah, mm. people too. It's very, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, just to finish out, you know, that them eating, they have a bite force about 800 PSI. So I know we said the crocs about 5,000, hippos about okay. 1,500. So uh-huh. they're, they're and what, what are we? The str- We're Again. like 200, 300. Okay. The mountain gorilla was like 1,200, if I remember the top right. of that. So, right. Yeah, so yeah. interesting. So it's huge, you know, very, very strong, very, very strong. And I actually read, too, when they hunt, if they can bite a leg of an antelope, they can actually just shatter it. It's so strong. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, and then it's game over. Ouch. And that, yeah. So that led me, I, you know, going into behavior. Mm-hmm. I there is a National Geographic and it's it's easily a decade old of lions and hyenas and conflicts. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most fascinating documentaries I've ever seen, and I will look to see if I can link that in the show notes because it is incredible. But lions have a healthy respect. There's they always have conflicts between the two since they're the largest predators in in Africa, but. You know, lions respect them because their bite force is so strong. I mean, they could really yeah, hurt a lion the, pretty bad. there's some tough cookies, man. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So, you know, it's just the whole, you know, oh, it's amazing. The clans, the matriarchs, the males are subservient. The behavior just go, like, just, you're going to wow us. You're going to wow the listeners. Well, I mean, it just really starts into my um, woman power session. Yeah. Hear, hear us roar or hyena oh, yeah. laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So spotted hyenas, they live in large group, like Chris said, and they're called clans. And this can include up to 80 individuals um, or less, of course, just depending on um, those might be older numbers. Now their populations decline. It might be. Mm-hmm. It might be down. But what's fascinating about the clans of the spotted hyena is that it is all about the ladies. The ladies are large and in charge. Uh, (laughs) And every female in the group is dominant to any male. Yep. So regardless, yeah. Oh my God. The guy, very, yeah. very end. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do we even really need them? Right. Um, no, uh, and, but interestingly, yeah. It. And so the females, they're going to re- remain in their natal clan. So the, the group that they were born into for their entire life. Uh, males will sometimes obviously go out and seek out other groups for different breeding rights, especially if they're a little bit lower. Um, so it's called, this is called the matrilinear clan. So okay. females dominant over man, uh, over males, juvenile males will immigrate after puberty, typically, um, to join new clans. Uh, right. Especially if they were born into it, they don't want any inbreeding. Mm-hmm. And then the male in these new clans, their position will pro- potentially increase over time. But these females, however, have stable linear dominance hierarchies. And the other really crazy thing, Chris, that I, I started to go into like the wormhole of studying and we just mm-hmm. have, we just have to get a, um, we have to get an expert hyena, yeah. uh, physiologist, hopefully biologist, behavioral. Yeah, yeah, because this just blew my mind. So the female's rank is inherited from the mother. Mm-hmm. So these hierarchies remain stable for many generations. Mm-hmm. So 
We just watched Meghan Merkel, is it? Mary. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Prince, Prince Harry? Harry. Harry. Harry, yes. Harry, Henry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Harry. It was a big thing in New Zealand here. Too, and, yes. what, and, and of course, being in, being in the U.S., um, we're privy to uh, the culture there about the king and the queen. Mm-hmm. But we always, I, mm-hmm. I, until somebody gets married or there's a big event, um, I. I'm, I kind of forget about it, or I'm always fascinated mm. to see the, the lines of who's the number, right. you know, once this one goes, who's the next in line, who's the next in line. And it's right. really interesting how it all, it's, it's always like the firstborn son. So mm-hmm. basically Harry is like, I mean, like ten, six. Yeah. He's like way, he's way down yeah. in line. And then the more yeah. kids that his brother keeps having, he just keeps getting pushed down. Yeah, but, lower. <laughs> so anyways, it, it was just very fascinating, but. Once again, the you know this whole the royal family you're born into, and to me that's just such an archaic, interesting, fascinating, fascinating. Uh, it is, but we we love the royals. Oh, I'll just jump in. The Queen's birthday is in a couple we weeks. We do love so the royals. We have a holiday and, here. Oh my gosh! And, and like are on Game uh, Game of Thrones. Oh my gosh! Right? Like like, I but know, it's so fascinating. Like you're born into it. It is. And it is, I don't know how often we see something. Not oh, you see some born into it type things of, with animal behavior, mm-hmm. but. This is awesome because this is like females. So it's like the mm-hmm. female is born into the female. Yeah, and, um, well, and Chris, I don't, I'm not the only one that's fascinated by this. Uh, and diving into the research just to touch on the surface of it, uh, Dr. Holcamp out of Michigan State University, go green, go white, my old, my old yeah, alma mater. Yeah, yeah, um, they, of course, are looking into a lot of the biology and behavior and, um, conservation of the spotted hyena and what they discovered is that in the final weeks of pregnancy high-ranking females will produce a flood of testosterone and other related Mm -hmm. hormones and they believe that these chemicals saturate the developing cubs both the males and the females right but Mm -hmm. it it does Mm -hmm. make them more aggressive and so they're pretty much born with a drive to dominate so it's just a really it's it's yeah, almost so that, it's all yeah so it's almost like hormones versus genetics right yeah it adds plus it adds nature versus nurture right so sure there sure. is a there's a a supporting argument for nature meaning you are born a, 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 you know and it go back and forth like I said it, it, this is a huge argument in science I mean me and Ashley have had lots of fun talking about this back and forth uh, yeah nature versus nurture so n- nature again yeah uh, especially reminder. with your kids you're like that's not my genes he, they yeah, learn that from I, you <laughs> we do that all the time oh my god but it's so true they're born they're born the way they are because my eldest is so much like me he's thin skinned I'm not I mean I'm thick skinned but you know he's he's soft hearted I guess is, is a good way to put it the second one, man, he is all her. He is just yeah. devious and <laughs> super intelligent and just everything bounces off him. I'm like, oh, my God, that is so you. I mean, I see it in your boys. <laughs> I know. So which one do you think is me? Which one is John? So I definitely think Zach is you. <laughs> okay. That's, what, like, that's, what, that's yeah. what John would say. Like yeah. John's like, oh, we are in big trouble with that one. <laughs> yeah. I, he just... He, I, you know, and he's like, Andy, you know, year Andy and a half. Has, I was like, Andy has the hair, so it's going to yeah. be like ridiculous. He just, yeah, I, he when does. I watch him and he's like you, he thinks, and he's like, am I going to get away with this? And then he does it. I just, oh, yeah. yeah. Rules yeah. are made to be broken, man. Yeah, that's yeah. him. And then that's Xander's him. all yep. about the rules, just like yeah, John. It's all daddy. Yep. It's yep. all daddy. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, so 
nature. So yeah, that's crazy. But there's a lot of nurture you can do. Like I'm teaching Xander to break rules, just like John is teaching Zachary to mind the rules. So that's, I I mean, it's a mix. It's a mix. That's my final, final assessment is to mix. It's both. But with these, but but getting back to the hyena, because our family clans are super interesting too. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But the females in general have higher levels of testosterone than males. Mm -hmm. So that Mm -hmm. also helps them keep their dominance in general over all the males. Another interesting behavior that I found with spotted hyenas, uh, if you're in the car listening to this, you can appreciate this. If you're a commuter for your job, that spotted hyenas are considered, are often considered commuters. Uh, they make frequent mm-hmm. long distance foraging trips to uh, an ungulate herd, to like a hoofstock herd to hunt. And it's almost called, it's basically a commuting system. And it mm-hmm. basically allows the spotted hy- hyena to live at a much higher population density than what their own clan territory could tolerate. So they got, mm. they obviously get benefits of living in this clan together, but they need to do some extreme commuting to be able to feed themselves. Huh. What also I think a lot of listeners, including myself, were, were, will be blown away by is how intelligent hyenas are that we know of. Okay. We're right. at the very, Carnivores in general, you know, they're intelligent. They have to hunt. They have to work sometimes in groups to hunt. Mm -hmm. So we know this about them. But Chris, are you ready for this? Is your seatbelt on? Yeah. So like I would guess hyenas aren't very high, you know, comparatively. So yeah, let me, me, blow me away. Let's see. Okay. So some are considered, or some aspects of their intelligence are considered as smart as primates. And not necessarily, wait for it, not necessarily smarter than chimps, but similar in ways such that a study done out of Duke University in 2009 Mm -hmm. showed that a captive pair of spotted hyenas performed better problem solving and social cooperation skills than chimpanzees. Wow. Wow. Yes. And what's even more, yeah. yeah. And so even more amazing than that, during the study, the hyenas solved all the problems in silence. Huh. And they are all, they only use nonverbal signals for communication that obviously researchers are still decoding what this means. Right. And I'll, and we'll put up, I'll have you, I'll send you the link on the show notes because yes. it's a really, it's a really cool cooperation test where the two animals have to work together to get food. And mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I know they do it with bonobos and mm-hmm. chimps and, mm-hmm. and of course those guys can do it, but they're basically saying at these certain tasks, the hyenas, are doing it just as well, if not better. Wow. Than a chimpanzee. Wow. Than us. Like, that's us. Wow. We're 98% chimpanzees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I, yeah. How much do we cooperate? Um, I mean, I <laughs> still, true. I still contest the honey badger, you know, Stofol is a, a brilliant scientist in the honey badger community, but yeah. <laughs> his escape ability. But yeah, I would have never guessed. I would have never guessed hyenas were that intelligent. Never. I in know. A years. And that's, you know, and that's another, reason to bode for their uh for their conservation the fact that i think we're at there's so much more we have to learn about them and from them mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's I, crazy I, oh hyenas and dolphins taking over the world <laughs> seriously yeah, yeah they're, let alone they're like awesome women power yeah go, yeah, go yeah. hyenas go yeah, yeah go team hyenas and then of course chris their vocalizations which we opened with mm-hmm. um we opened with a with a hyena vocalization but yeah these guys have a rich vocal repertoire uh they can emit many distinct 
sounds. Some of them are modified depending on who their meaning and what it means mm-hmm. to the listeners. They've got groans and squeaks and squeals. When they greet, they greet each other. They have a whoop. They have when like they kill something. They of course have yell, yells and growls. Uh, and then the spada hyenas have that laughter giggle vocalization, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which sounds like a hysteric, hysterical human. Yeah. Uh, but they're not necessarily scientists. Don't think that they're laughing the same way we laughed. They think that the pitch and the note frequency or the tone of the hyena's laughter uh, will give its indication of its age and social status. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. No, that's everything. interesting. I mean, you always mm-hmm. wonder what the hyena's laugh is all about. So mm-hmm. they're just kind of like vocalizing their, maybe their, where they are in, in their, their clan hierarchy. Sure. And I think, and once again, hopefully we'll get a, um, hopefully we'll get an expert on here that yeah. can either, uh, yeah, reinforce that idea or tell that there's other hypothesis, out, right, hypothesis right. out there. But yeah, so oh, they're amazing, amazing. Another amazing species, as always. Oh, they're yes. really cool. But this is just the tip of the hyena amazing iceberg. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So I know. yeah, basically their breeding system is that they're highly polygynous and their mating uh, is aseasonal, so they'll breed any time of year mm-hmm. and. Once again, go female hyena power. Um, the females, of course, are more dominant, so the breeding is completely up to them. Like mm-hmm. they, they say when and where. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's has to do with their estrus cycle. Uh, but still, that, that there is, you know, they it's completely up to them. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, know, those males like. Well, yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is I know, I know, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to male bash. I'm not a male basher. I live with a whole. I think in the hyena, in the hyena episode, (laughs) it is okay to male bash because well, no, 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 really understand these animals. I mean, the males are important, but they are so at the end of the pecking order in hyena society. It's 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 incredible. I do, I do agree with that, but but I I love I love my males out there, so. I do have, I do want the male listeners out there, hopefully if you are still listening, uh, there are a few tips that you can learn from, a ma- from male hyenas. <laughs> I gotta write this book. I gotta write this book. Yeah. I gotta write grab this book. your, grab your pencil, um, <laughs> right. write it down. Ashley will thank me later. <laughs> so, uh, just briefly, the spotted hyena, the male will perform a bowing display before oh. mating the female. So he lowers his muzzle to the ground. He kind of comes towards her. He bows again, paws at the ground, might bow, bow again, and basically will then either the female will either be nice to him or mean to him. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, I feel like a little bowing here or there could go a long way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I will in private report back to you. See how well that works. Yes, yes. <laughs> Submissive behavior. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then now another thing too, which you already do this, and um, but for a lot of guys out there, this is not the spotted hyena, but in the brown mm. hyena, the fathers and the males will bring food for the pups less frequently than moms mm-hmm. sometimes, and mm. they also protect the pups from the lions. So. It's good to cook dinner for your family and yes. whenever you get a chance. That's yes. what the browns do. The spotteds uh, don't do that. The males aren't quite – they're a little bit more deadbeat, just 
put it nicely. <laughs> yeah, and last night I did make a wonderful pad thai. So Ooh, you have to send me the recipe. It wasn't pizza. Yeah, it wasn't pizza. It was, was really Was it delicious. chicken pad thai or veggie? No, it's pork mince, oh, mince okay. meat. You know, it was. It's good okay. though. It's such a great herb. Interesting. Scoop. It's one of our favorites. Okay. Hoisin sauce. The secret's hoisin sauce and sesame oil. Awesome. So there you go. There you go for all the listeners out there. See, it's, this it's everybody's delicious. learning today. Anything. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, this yeah, is yeah. where it gets fun. So yeah. I am going to ask all the listeners that do have this on in their office um, to maybe put headphones on. Yeah, like your friend. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My poor friend Cecilia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wales. Yes. I was. Uh, yes. I was, this is. Uh, it's going to get a little PG-13. Well, but we are using anatomically correct, correct terms. It's just more of the female genitalia this yes. time. Yes. So just here's your warning. You can fast forward 10 minutes if uh, you have young ones that you want to cut theirs. But it is biology. So it's that's what we love talking about. The spotted hyena has very unique reproductive organs, uh, especially compared mm-hmm. to the other hyenas, the browns, the stripes, and the, um, the is it the aardwolf? Aardwolf, right. yep. Mm-hmm. So basically the spotted hyena, hyenas have a masculine phenotype. So mm-hmm. the their outer parts, the way that they look like. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're all, the only female mammals that actually lack an external vaginal opening. Mm-hmm. So they do have a vagina. It's just not on the outside. It's, it's more internal. Right. And, and what makes them very interesting is that female spotted hyenas are almost indistinguishable from those of males. Mm-hmm. That basically the clitoris the tissue that makes up the clitoris is enlarged and long and can grow up to seven inches outside right. of the body that basically makes it look like a penis. Right. Uh, it's also capable of an erection. And from here on out, I'll call it a pseudo penis. I, uh, I think that has a little bit better ring to it than long clitoris. That's just me. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, it's, it is, and it's, you know, the biology just really quick because a lot of my exercise stress work, I, you know, looked into a lot of the research and most of it's done in humans. So women that actually take, uh, steroids and mm-hmm. weightlifting and stuff, they actually, it, it's been documented that their, uh, clitoris will get longer and almost look like a small penis because oh, of the testosterone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when you talked about the, the rush of testosterone that they get, this very masculine, they have higher testosterone than the males, then it makes sense. Because mm-hmm. when you go back to early, early biology, as we develop in utero, you know, we all kind of look the same. In well, our we, all, yeah, we all start off as females. Right. And then the males will develop a penis and scrotum and testicles, mm-hmm. whereas uh, the female develops, you know, the vagina and the clitoris. So the clitoris is actually like the default organ. Sure. That uh, eventually becomes the penis in males. So that's the biology behind it. But yeah, it's 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 fascinating. Sorry, I just wanted to to give the oh, backstory no. on yeah. the bio. Yeah, and but oh no, the spotted hyena doesn't stop there with her anatomy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, no, she she owns it. She owns yeah. it. She also has a pair of sacs in the genital region that are filled with fibrous tissue. And that they kind is of, crazy. They almost look like a scrotum, but they're covered, of course, with more hair. Um, and there's wow. story, there was a story I, yeah, there's a story I ran into where, um, this was years ago, but, mm. and I, um, and I don't know if it was in the U S or in Europe or in Africa, but these spotted hyenas that were living under human care, they kept trying to breed them and breed them. And then they finally realized that they were like 
two males. Two females. Or two, or or two, two males. Female, two females. <laughs> yeah, yeah two one or the other. They were finally like, oh, okay. <laughs> Why can't they breed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. But, but no, but that's like how, how similar they look, right? And so mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Um, and the other thing too that we really, one that I touched on in the beginning of the podcast of, of why the spotted hyena female is my new hero mm-hmm. is because, so they have this elongated pseudopenis and, um, and they don't have an external vagina. Um, mm-hmm. so therefore they must urinate, mate and deliver their young through the urogenital mm-hmm. canal, basically that acts, that exits through oh. the pseudopenis. Oh. Mm-hmm. No, no. Oh. I'm not, I'm not done yet. Oh. No. Mm-mm. Oh, my legs are crossing out. Oh. I know. These poor girls, but they're, I'm a, they're, they're, they're amazing. They are okay. rock stars. Okay. So, um, yeah. cause I know, Lord knows I complained during childbirth, um, both of my attempts yeah. at it. I, they were long and I, uh, you know, it was, it was, yeah, um, poor thing. Yeah. yeah, it was not necessarily fun. Um, but these yeah. guys, these females, um, they, during birth, the pseudopenis will have to actually rush, rupture a little bit, um, to, Ugh. to allow the young to pass through. And, oh. yeah, and it's, um, it's actually, wow. They believe, researchers believe that about, sadly, um, 60% of the cubs born to a first time mom, um, mm-hmm. at, might actually even suffocate on the way out if they can't get out mm. of, uh, fast enough. Because obviously mm-hmm. it's like a longer, you know, it's a, a longer canal. Sadly, about 60% of the cubs will actually suffocate on the way out for first time moms. Mm. So yeah, it, it's, that's really sad. But th- the one thing is, is that the wound of the pseudopenis, the way it tears a little bit, um, might take a couple weeks to heal, but it does make it easier for the next time she gives birth and then less of the, uh, the cubs are, will pass away more more of the cubs will make it so it's just tough tough animals just tough animals female spotted hyenas are incredible they have one of the highest maternal investments of any other carnivore mm-hmm. they nurse their young up to anywhere from 14 to 18 months okay wow, wow. when these juveniles chris have teeth yeah. their teeth have erupted <laughs> yeah Yikes! Yeah, I mean, ow, ouch! Yeah, yeah, Any yeah. mama out there, you yeah. forget about it, right? Yeah. Nope, nope. Spotted hyena. She's she's tough cookie. She keeps yeah. nursing them. So, the researchers hypothesize that since hyena mothers care for their cubs for three to four years, I mean, so much longer than many other predators, that these cubs, if they if they were by themselves, mm-hmm. they could not compete for food um, at these at these kill sites. So that puts the pressure mm-hmm. on the females to give their cubs more time or the juveniles um, at, at these carcasses. So yeah, females had to become bigger and meaner. And Dr. Holcamp thinks that uh, they achieved this basically by masculizing, by having this flood of testosterone. And then the female dominance helps them basically uh, for the sake of feeding their pups. So it's like the, the yeah. ultimate sacrifice, right? These, these spotted females, you know, they, they you know, yeah. they think that, yeah, it's like, I'll grow a pseudopenis to help protect 
my cubs and be tough. I mean, talk about <laughs> body modification. I would say yeah. talk about mother of the year. Holy macaroni, right? So yeah. No, I mean, and just think about how tough Africa is. It is. I mean, the wild's tough. You know, in Florida, mm-hmm. the wild's tough. God, just mosquitoes drive you crazy. But Africa is just so gnarly. Oh, so gnarly. Yeah. And, and they're not the apex predators, but they're competing with sure. the apex predators. Sure. So here you have, I know I love to say honey badgers are the toughest, most tenacious. Oh my God. I think hyenas are, are supplanting them. They are freaking. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. So, and the truth be told, I don't know if uh, we'll have to get a researcher in here to confirm it, but I don't believe they mm-hmm. researchers know a hundred percent why this, why the female developed a pseudo penis, because it does seem like it's, mm-hmm. it is taxing for many, you know, for many other reasons. Um, so oh. I mean, hopefully we'll come up with an answer in the near future. But in the meantime, uh, you know, it's just, it's just really cool reproductive anatomy and they are, man, I, I don't know. I know the lion's the king of the jungle, Chris, but I'm going to go out, I'm going to go yeah. out on a limb and say the spotted hyena is the queen of the jungle. Like she, yes. Oh, or not absolutely. the jungle, but the savannah, absolutely. obviously, because we're in Africa. But yeah, you, you, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, the, the, she deserves hats off to you, uh, spotted hy- female hyenas out there and mothers, mothers of the year. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No, it's so funny. It's like, you know, back to back episodes on uh, maternal, you know, we had eusociality with the Nick and Mole rats and now the hyenas, the matriarch, you know, and I know elephants give my elephant shout out. There we go. You know, they're very female driven, but not the male elephants are still right. bigger, stronger, you no. know, meaner, but. And, you know, and Chris, obviously in science, researchers are always, they're not, I mean, they have a hypothesis. They're just mm-hmm. not thinking like, oh, well, this happens probably because of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in an attempt to try to figure out this darn pseudopenis, uh, researchers, you know, they basically wanted to see if it was those hormones that the females mm-hmm. are exposed to in the womb, if that's, you know, if that's yeah. what's doing it. Because in other mammals, testosterone-related hormones, like you said, can mask, mask, masculinize a female's genitalia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but so when researchers out of Berkeley fed pregnant hyenas um, drugs that blocked the effects of testosterone and mm-hmm. other related hormones, the females' cubs were still born with pseudopenises. Hmm. So, okay. yeah, I mean, so obviously the testosterone has a lot to do with it, but it's not the only player in the game, which right. is just, once again, you know, unfortunately it makes the plot thicken even more, right? Right, right. That's some underlying genetic mechanism or something. Yeah, I know. It's the biology, the biology of all these different species. It's just, they're all different. I know. It's. I mean, I don't know, Chris. I'm gonna. This. I, I'm really actually sad to leave the hyena next week or this next week to move <laughs> on to our next species. Like I, <laughs> as a little side hobby, I'm definitely not done with it. And um, I. Oh yeah. Uh, hopefully, no, we'll, maybe I can we'll... talk to these researchers from Michigan State because I have. Yes, there's a few answers out there that I've been able to find diving a little bit into the mm-hmm. literature, but. I don't know, man. They're so cool. I, I, we need to get a specialist on here because there's so much more I, oh, I know. about these critters I, I that, that you and I are skipping for lack of time and and lack of perhaps knowledge. So yeah, yeah. I yeah. Uh, this is I don't know if this is one of my favorites so far, but man, I I, I have more questions and answers my own self. <laughs> it, they're they're amazing. It's yeah. cool. They're really. I'm glad we did them. I really am. They are. 
They are really cool. And now I really hope we can get uh, somebody in here. And I know you're, you're working hard to do that. I know they're classified as least concerned, but you did say the, the population is declining. So what are some of the threats that are affecting them? Sure, Chris. I think one of the biggest ones is, um, persecution, uh, especially by poisoning from humans. So that's, mm. that falls in the human wildlife conflict. Them being misunderstood, especially like uh, the brown hyena, uh, that, uh, farmers think that it kills their livestock mm-hmm. when in fact it studies have shown that it doesn't. doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. and so, and then of course with the spotted, which potentially might go after livestock. Um, I think if they have their own habitat to roam and, and, and healthy, healthy food from wild animals that they can get on their own, that they'd be, they're just, they're happy to stay away from the farmers as well. So I think that, you know, there's people that are, working on how to help solve this conflict and perhaps educating um, a lot of the locals on the benefits of the hyena in its habitat, not only from an, um, from an ecosystem point of view, but from an, also from an economical point of view. But other than that too, uh, the spotted hyena and other hyenas are starting to have a decreased source in carrion due to the decline in populations of other large carnivores like cheetahs and leopards and lions. Um, and so that might also, with less carrion, that might drive them to seek out live prey. So it's, once again, it's this whole dynamic of when you take out one or two, it, it trickles down, right? Yeah, the food web. You start breaking mm-hmm, apart mm-hmm. that food web. Spotted hyenas are found all over Af- Sub-Saharan Africa, but because of people in growing cities, mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, them ha- and they need, clearly need a lot of area to roam if they're in these large clans. So. Right. And like you said, you know, like in South Africa, there is no wild. There are just all these managed game parks and that's sure, right. becoming very mm-hmm. more common across Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Not- and sometimes people put out snares for them. And so, you know, they're. They're not out of the woods. That's um, the unfortunate truth. So, well, in, in that spirit, you know, what are some organizations that you targeted this week? Sure. Uh, well, my first organization we, you actually already touched on early in the um, in the podcast about yeah. your bucket list dream Africa place would be in Botswana. So maybe if and when you go there, it's on your bucket list for you and Ashley and the kids. Uh, you can check out the Botswana Predator Conservation Trust. They can be found at www.b as in boy, p as in panda, c as in cat, trust.org. They also have a really nice mm. Facebook page. And the Botswana Predator Conservation Trust promotes wildlife conservation and conflict management and also education. And they research car- carnivores such as lions, African wild dogs, cheetah, and of course, the spotted hyena. Yay! Yay. Yay. Mm-hmm. And so they, um, a- a- interestingly enough, you should check out their web, their webpage, um, bpctrust.org. They mm-hmm. go into all various explicit details about the research that they do. In fact, um, they even, I love it, uh, cause we never really did this too much, um, at my university, but they mm-hmm. have her name. So her name is Jessica. Yeah. She's the one doing the research, uh, right now, currently through helping supported to, uh, with the Botswana Predator Conservation Trust. Um, Jessica's studying, um, the hyenas and using, Remote data collection, behavior observations, my favorite, mm-hmm. um, and acoustic and olfactory experiments. And she wants to look at these historic hyena populations and try to understand a little bit more about their characteristics of the clans and their mm-hmm. the number of them, the size, the territory, and overall. Right. Oh, and God. basically, How fun would that be? Yeah, I'm like, why am I like? 
I need sign me no, up, sign me up for no. a postdoc. Yeah, <laughs> she's, and she's studying all the social dynamic of each clan too. So I mean, I I always want to say too in these podcasts, I think sometimes we or me especially it uh, these are general behavior things, and we're and researchers are the select few that get to do this stuff that can find money for it get to really dive deep and learn more. So maybe with mm-hmm. Jessica, we'll understand more about them. And for my second organization, I um, shifted gears a little bit to focus on the brown hyena. That's the one that's mm-hmm. found in like um, Southern uh, Africa. And this group is called the Brown Hyena Research Project. And they can be found at Strandwolf. So that's the other name of the brown hyena. Oh, yeah, Strandwolf.org. Yeah. They have a great uh, Facebook presence page too. The big aim of the project is to intensely investigate the effects of the dining and mining activities on brown hyena populations in the southern coastal N- N- Namibia desert. Or Nam- maybe it's not Namibia, it's Namib desert. But anyways, these results will hopefully increase the knowledge about the behavior, the population ecology of the brown hyenas and this unique ecosystem. Then that way, too, once they understand more about the population ecology, they can implement better management strategies to help conserve the brown hyena in, in this really like unique habitat that's not uh, that's not in its normal range for the most part. Um, mm. I just think that groups like this that don't get a lot of recognition because they're not you know a, a major major conservation group in Africa. They're you know they're very specialist niche. I really. Um, I really hope that you guys will, all the listeners out there will go and at least check their page out and maybe like them on Facebook, yeah, um, show them yeah. your support and you can learn a lot more too about the detailed research that they do and, um, and just, yeah, like or even send them a message, tell them that you appreciate the work they do because I, I've only been, the longest I've ever been in Africa is a month. And during that month I was out in the field for mm-hmm. about two weeks and that alone was I mean, it was taxing. I'm not going to even lie. Like, you know, and I had a tent and everything and I was collecting data. Uh, and it was awesome. Oh my God. The sounds at nighttime were just Uh amazing and scary all at once. Yeah. 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 I know. I know. Uh, Yeah. And, but, but, you know, these researchers are living, you know, in the bush for long periods of time, Mm -hmm. collecting this data and, and, and just really, really conservation heroes working hard for these animals and trying to learn more about how they live because they're scientists and these groups support the scientists because they know that science is our way out. Making guess, making guesses or, you know, in the dark, it's not going to be how. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the guy in Angola who says the elephants are causing desertification, so they slaughter forty thousand elephants, and it speeds up. You know, making it just horrific, horrific uh, decisions. Inaccurate, without, inaccurate, and without the data, right? Without, without the scientific without data, exactly. Yeah. And and that's the thing is, it's like. You know, what if these researchers find, find that, oh my goodness, well, you know, the brown hyena doesn't need as much land. And then, mm-hmm. great, that's awesome. Okay, you know, then we can implement this yeah. smaller protected area or, or, what, yeah. or, or whatever yeah. it is. and Or they can implement, hey, the brown hyena, they don't kill your livestock. So they actually, yeah. Yeah. they help eat the, the, the ones that are already dead on the ground. They, they take away anthrax from yeah. uh, zebras and uh, rabies from other rabid animals. So, yeah, you know, that's what these groups are out there doing. And I just really. Right, um, right. It's just education too. Yeah, you know, like, absolutely. You know, 
You told us about, you know, going back to bats and how bats save farmers in the U.S. $4 billion a year. Right. Crazy. Yeah. And, so, and that's yeah. the thing too. I really believe if there was more money invested in conservation research, we would be a lot more effective in our conservation strategies of these mm-hmm. animals. But as we know, unfortunately, and it gets less and less each year, you know, it's just really hard to to fund some of these projects. Um, and stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That, so yeah, that's why, like I said, check out the um, Brown Hyena Research Group and also yeah. the Botswana Predator Conservation Trust. Two, yeah, no, those are good ones. Two really good groups looking out for yeah. uh, the hyenas, and I think you'll enjoy uh, learning about in more detail about what they're doing. All right, just to fi- to, to finalize everything, uh, conservation tip of the week. You know, we're still working towards carbon neutral lives, and this is a strategy that everybody can do, and it's pretty easy. Is just wherever you live, go around at night and just count how many lights are on in the house on a, on a average night. You know, hallways, bathrooms, kitchen, all that stuff. And ask yourself, does that light need to be on? And if not, switch right. it off. And you do that. Yeah. It becomes second nature. I know. You know. I think like it's like nine times out of ten, I'm like, that light is not yeah. going to be on. And turn it off. Save energy. <laughs> so, you know, I do it. Like last night I go out and I'm like, why are so many lights on? You know, they're the, the, you only need a light on with the TV room. You know, leave a light on in front of the house to say, hey, I'm home. But the rest can be shut off. And teach your kids that, you know, again, developing healthy yeah, habits. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's the thing is they they, they mimic you yeah. and you can encourage them. And you can make it a fun game. Yeah, yeah. So. Count the lights. Yeah. A quarter for every light Count you turn off. Count the lights. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so minimize it, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And your, 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 your utility bill will thank you for yeah, it. Yeah, Trust me. Yeah, yeah. All right. Just for us, uh, if you subscribe, rate, and review. If you have not, go to iTunes. You know, write a review. Yeah, up if, if you, you are can. a new... This is Chris always does. I always yeah. kind of just let him. Uh, he's blah you know, blah he's, blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm basically uh, at this point, yeah, napping. No, just yeah, kidding. Yeah. Uh, but no, no. I, I really, uh, for me, I would really appreciate some more review, some more feedback. Right. Uh, yeah. Be it, especially us. on iTunes, on iTunes, but even on or on Facebook, our mm-hmm. Facebook page. Uh, that really helps us understand. Uh, it points us in the right direction if we're doing things right yeah. or. Yeah, I guess if I guess we're doing things wrong, maybe just send us a message. Yeah, <laughs> please don't review us, but you know, a thumbs down. Just uh, send a message to me and Angie. But we appreciate it. You know, the the messages we have been getting have been awesome. Oh no, they, yeah. no, like I said, they mean so much. So yeah, yeah. even if you re, if, if you send an email or a Facebook message to yeah. some of these, like the brown hyena researchers, or me and Jonathan are having like a a wildlife off each weekend now. Like yeah, I just I saw started that. it last yeah. weekend. Yeah, so. Anybody else wants to chime in, you know, post your pictures of wildlife on our Facebook page or on Instagram or anything. Um, but yeah, you know, no, it feels, cool it feels good to have that community. Yeah, it feels good to have yeah. that community. So whenever, you know, yeah. whenever we get a little message or something, it literally yeah. lights up my whole day. Yeah, it makes I mean, us worth it. it. makes us all worth it. So, all right, Angie, have a wonderful week. I'm excited for next week, too. Yay. I know. Another new all species. Right. Yeah. Yes. All right, it's well, going to be. It's going to be hard saying goodbye to the hyena. So I'm going to say until next time, hyena. We will see you again for sure. Yes. Yes, for sure. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Listen. Learn. Share. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com.